Good morning, welcome to Pesachim, page pay, hey, 85. Uh, the Gemara is talking about the following debate between Reish Lakish and Reb Yochanan. Let's say we're talking about the issue of etzem lotish brubo. You're not allowed to break the bone of, uh, of, the, of the meat of the carbon Pesach. Um, now everyone, both Reb Yochanan and Reish Lakish seem to agree that if there's no meat on that bone at all, there's no violation of not breaking the bone. It's only violation if there's meat. But Reb Yochanan, he is stringent, and he says that even if there's meat on a different part of the limb, even if there's no limb meat at the place where you're cutting, it's still a violation of not breaking the bone. But Rish Lakish says, no, in order to violate the prohibition, there actually has to be a kezayis, an, an olive-sized amount of flesh at the place where you're actually uh, cutting. So that's the machlot between Reb Yochanan and Rish Lakish. So the Gemara then goes ahead and has a b'raisa, <coughs> which seems to uh, clearly indicate that uh, even when there is no meat directly there, you still violate the prohibition. So how is Rish Lakish going to deal with that? Rish Lakish says there, even though there's no meat on top, meaning surrounding the bone, but there's meat inside the bone, there's marrow and there's a kazai, so meat inside the bone, and that's why you violate the prohibition. Then the Gemara tries to bring another challenge to Rish Lakish. Again, Rish Lakish says that um, if there's no meat, if there, that if there's no meat in the actual place where you break the bone, you don't violate the prohibition. But there's a case, a very strange case. So let's say you have, again, remember, in Yerushalayim at this point, it probably would have been packed. It would have been stuffed with people in Yerushalayim all trying to eat their carbon Pesach. So you can imagine that there were some people literally on the border of Yerushalayim and right outside Yerushalayim. And they were trying to be just inside the wall in order to eat it. But let's say accidentally a piece of your limb of meat that you're about to eat is half in and half out. So half of it is, is disqualified and half of it is good. But the question is, so if it's another kind of sacrificial meat, all you got to do is take a meat cleaver and you chop the bone in half. And the part that's out is burned and the part that's in, you eat. But here with the carbon Pesach, you're not allowed to chop the bone. So what do you do? So there's a Mishnah that goes through an elaborate process of you start slicing down the meat till you get to the bone. And then you peel away the meat that's on the inside of Yerushalayim and you keep it attached to the, um, to the rest of the carcass of the animal. And then you do some like really high technical uh, butchering techniques and you sort of peel away the meat and you go around the joint, which is inside, and you clear away the whole bone together with the meat that's outside and you burn that meat and then the meat that's inside, uh, you continue to eat. But the question is, according to Reish Lakish, why do you have to go through such a complicated procedure? Just remove the meat that's right above the place where you want to cut it and then there's no meat there and then you can take a cleaver and cut it down. And the Gemara answer is, well, actually, he was worried that if you would cut it down in that case without peeling all the meat off the bone, then what would end up happening is maybe there would be a crack that would develop further on in the bone, which was directly under the meat. And this would be a problem of not breaking any bones. OK, the Gemara continues and has a very interesting idea. It says that really there's no tumma of the hands on any kind of biblical level. But what the rabbis say is, and nosar and piggle, these are things that have been meat that's been left over, and piggles meat that the Kohen thought, the wrong thought, that it's going to eat it beyond the time, uh, let's say past the time that you're allowed to eat it, really that meat is not tummy. It just happens to be you can't eat it, but it's not tummy. But there's a rabbinic form of tummah that says that we're going to consider the Kohanim's hands who touched it to be tummy. And we say that when it comes to piggle, it's because we're worried that the Kohanim might have a personal vendetta against the person who they're bringing the carbon for, and they might intentionally think that this meat should be consumed beyond the time and place just to disqualify it. 
So in order to remove that bad motivation from the Kohen, we say, look, if you do that and then you touch that meat, your hands are going to become tummy and then you won't be able to eat your own shruma. So that's a bad idea. And the reason why we can create tumma for nosar is because also because the Kohen might be lazy and not burn all the sacrifices uh, in time. And that's why we're creating a rabbinic tumma. Well, the question is, do we also create a rabbinic tumma on meat that was taken beyond the borders? And the Gemara goes back and forth and tries to prove whether this is the case. It suggests that maybe when it comes to the carbon Pesach, there's no need to do that because B'nai Chabura's reason, the people of the Chabura, are going to remind themselves. Remember, this is not just an individual who might take the meat outside the border of Yerushalayim. It's a whole group of people. And certainly there's always that one person who's going to say, hey, stop, you're about to go outside. And therefore we'll prevent that from happening. All right, later on, we say that when we have this prohibition of going from taking meat from one chabura to another chabura, you can't, you can't be an extrovert when you're eating your carbon paste off. If you imagine... Yerushalayim is full of people with all these different groups of people eating their carbon Pesach. Maybe you haven't seen your friend in a year and you see him in the next Chaburah over. Can you walk over with the meat of your carbon Pesach? No, you're not allowed to do that. But we say that this prohibition is only a problem is if you actually put the meat down. Just like when it comes to Shabbos, Hotzah is actually an Akira and a Hanacha, taking it from one place and putting it somewhere else. It's also only a problem when it comes to the carbon Pesach if you actually put the meat down. Um, the, then the final Mishnah actually is the Mishnah that quotes this Halacha about what do you do if the limb is half in and half out? And it says you do this whole fancy, fancy butchering technique where you carve down to the bone. You can't break the bone. Then you peel away the meat. Then you cut away from the, the joint. Then you take out the whole bone. And then it finally talks about the issue of what happens if the, the, the uh, meat of the Karvi Pesach is right there on the border of the wall of Yerushalayim in the doorway itself of the gate of Yerushalayim. Is it inside or outside of the whole discussion? And depending on what kind of context are we talking about? Are we talking about um, the walls of Yerushalayim? Um, then it's considered outside because we want to make sure that people at Saras are able to stand under the wall itself, under the gate itself, for rain or for heat when they're in a state of Saras and they're not allowed to be in the walls of Yerushalayim. Okay, this concludes Daf Pei. Hey, see you tomorrow for Pei